Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If there's something I need, I don't already have. I know I'll get it from a good friend. If there's something I need. Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. You're listening to the Good Friend Podcast, presented to you by iHeartRadio. It's a podcast about friendship, sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly, the triumphs of friendship, the immense connection and emotion of friendship, the laughter, and occasionally the tears. We explore it all in an unscripted, very free-form way with many, many different guests, some I'm very close friends with, some I've never met. And I hope that you will take away from it something that connects you to your friends and that the ideas that we talk about can maybe be taken into your own friendships. So sit back or take a walk or however you listen. I hope you enjoy it and stay tuned. You know, it's so funny because you get in front of a microphone and you want, like immediately your voice lowers and you get into that FM DJ voice and you get into that weird sense of, you know, um, a, a silent world late at night where you're the only person who's listening and I'm the only person who's talking and it's super intimate. And then what the uninformed listeners right now don't understand is Melanie is sitting there in a t-shirt with a her headset or headphones what are they called headphones headphones yeah headphones perfectly 
on her head and <laughs> mine were backwards. And you just don't ever see that. Yeah. The, what's great about the Good Friend podcast is you get truth, is that I'm a 62-year-old woman who just put on her earphones improperly. Right. And you had your phone your phone strap tied caught in, in the wires. And before even we began, I got up to do a quick pee and forgot to take off my headphones and did one of those comedy head snaps back. Um, so what I like, though, about the Good Friend podcast, which you are listening to, apparently, is truth that this is I'm not I'm not offering some pre-digested idea of anything, really. It's really just inviting people to have a human experience with me and you in this moment, whatever happens, however it goes. And as it went earlier, before we even began, is my headphones were like on crooked. So welcome, everyone. My guest today, I am, <laughs> we're going to call each other something and you're going to be listening going like, okay, that's like really weird. But we call each other Miss Kiss. Yes, we do. When I say hi, Miss Kiss, or when the phone rings and she picks it up, she goes, hi, Miss Kiss. How did it begin? <laughs> I thought it began before we realized that it was keep it simple, stupid. Oh, oh, way so, I think. Like way, way before. Yeah, I think it was actually in the 80s we did that because we were buds. Big buds. Yeah. 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 So, but we don't know what it, where it came from, because I think a lot of girlfriends or friends listening to this, we do adopt pet names for each other yeah. in friendship Um and ours is Miss Kiss for each other. And we don't, we're not sure really where it began. Yeah. I know. No, it was around when Alexander was born. Okay. So what you need to know for the uninformed listener who's joining us, either driving or doing chores at home or just sitting in a chair while a child sleeps um, or a pet sleeps, or a husband <laughs> sleeps. Um, we met in 1981, or in 1980, on a TV movie of the week called, go for it. She's in the army now. It was right when women were starting to be included in the army. And it was a TV movie about a group of women who met. And Melanie and I strangely enough, even though as we unpack our backgrounds a tiny bit, you will wonder how the heck we never knew each other. Yeah. We are virtually the same age. You're a year older than me. Yeah. Um, we are both daughters of Hitchcock blondes. Yeah. Uh, Melanie's mother uh, is Tippi Hedren, a fantastic actress who did a lot of work with Hitchcock. And my mother, Janet Lee, who was in Psycho with Alfred Hitchcock. And so Melanie and I were both young actresses. We had never met. And we were both cast in this TV movie. And did we first, did the first time we meet, is that when we went to Barney's Beanery and played pool? Yes. Yeah, I think the idea was that we would bond. Yes. Right. And it was Julie Carmen. And Kathleen Quinlan. Kathleen, yeah. And you and me. 
And we just decided, I don't even know how that was arranged because there were no cell phones. You didn't text. You had to call people. Exactly. I think it was because you and I both lived. Didn't we live right near Barney's Beanery? Yes. I think I moved there later, but yeah. 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 And we decided as a group to sort of go shoot pool together and probably have a beer or two <laughs> or three or something. Yeah. And we, so we met here. We were, I was 21 years old, 22 years old or 21. You were 22 or 23. Yeah. And we had never met, even though we had shared so much in the sense of pedigree. Pedigree and probably experiences from that pedigree. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as we have unpacked it many years later, a lot of emotional pedigree, yeah. not just the cinema pedigree. Uh, yeah, no. But the emotional pedigree. Yes. But we didn't know that then. No, we didn't. And Melanie played the greenhorn girl off the farm who was a young mother who was joining the army to sort of basically have a career um, because as by the way, many, 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 many people do because the military is a career and I was the bad girl. (laughs) Oh, don't this, any listener do not just be like, duh. (laughs) I was the bad girl. I had a toothpick in my mouth the whole time, which I thought was a great affectation. I'm sure it was was so good with the toothpick. So that's how we met. We met where I was the bad girl. She was the super good girl. But we met and fell hard with each other. We, it was as if we had been waiting for each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are both sober women. Um, I think I can say that openly. We both are sober women. And there was a period of time where we weren't. (laughs) And... Yeah. Um, let's just say we met uh, when we were young and experiment, exper- as the as the parents call it. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that first time? I meant like that first connection as friends. Not exactly. Not the first, but I know it happened immediately. Mm-hmm. I remember things that we did. I remember how close we got on that film. Mm-hmm. I remember shooting it and having so much fun, Mm -hmm. all the things that we were doing. And we really had this like special thing where we could just look at each other and know what was going on, like no words, you know? I do think the no words aspect is what people relate to. It is an unspoken uh, connection that happens when you really feel like you've met somebody that's... Yeah. We were in our 20s. Now, I just want to unpack a tiny bit and go backwards a little tiny bit, because although I know you pretty well, I, as we have gotten to know each other even better now, mm-hmm. as two women in our 60s, I don't really have a full snapshot of you as a little girl. Mm. And, you know, friendships, that first beginning, very gentle Uh, exploration with another person where you say, let's be friends. Can we be friends? Mm -hmm. Did you have those close friends when you were little? I did not really. 
Um, I went back and forth between my mother and my father. My mother lived here in LA. My father lived in New York. Um, up until I, from when I was like, and then my mother remarried. Um, my stepfather, we lived in a, a house from age five to 14 for me. And I went to three different schools in that period of time, actually four. Um, I was very left alone. My mother was always gone, going to Vietnam, going to some to fix people somewhere else. And I was left either with my stepfather or with my stepbrothers. And so I had responsibilities and I, I couldn't be as I wasn't taken care of. So I was scared. And I would go and spend the night at girlfriends' houses or they would come to my house. But I never really got close with anybody because I didn't know how. I didn't know that that was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wasn't taught what to do. There was a real lapse there of of unconditional love I did not feel. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of people, you know, you grow where you're planted, I grew up in a house on a dirt road in Benedict Canyon, and there was my stepfather had bought this piece of land, put a fence in between the pool, the pool house and the tennis court and the main house and the stable, you know, and the orchard. And he sold that part to a family with five daughters. And then he lived as a bachelor in the bachelor pad of the pool house, the pool and the tennis court. Right. And then he married Janet Lee, who brought with her two small daughters. So I grew up with a fence, a chain link fence with a gate separating me and five other girls. So we, Kelly and I, grew up with the Keith girls, right? my neighbors. And we had immediate friends. And Kelly and I went to the same school, John Thomas Dye, and had that sort of lifelong childhood friends. Um, yeah. And you didn't have any of that continuity. Well, I didn't really because I met Dawn when I was 14. And that threw me into a whole different world. That's a different kind of friend. That's a different friend. <laughs> That's and the friend with a lot of benefits and issues. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll get there in a minute. Yeah. Um, um, but I do want to go back to the young you and the young me about wanting to be friends with people. Um, because you have such a unique um, situation that I think listeners, certainly I am a listener because I'm your friend and I have listened to you tell me about it. Your stepfather mm -hmm. um, and your mother mm -hmm. started a foundation with big cats, lions, yes? Yes. yes. And, and, but it didn't and start out as a foundation. It started out as the movie? It started out as an idea to make a movie um, because they were in Africa. Mom was making a movie. They saw the plight of the animals, how they were mm -hmm. being killed so rapidly. And, they, and at that time, it was like 1973 or something, um, the prediction was that most of them would be killed by the year 2000 if the rate of killing kept on. 
Wow. And so they took on this thing of wanting to make a film about the wild animals, the wild cats, and thus started. Um, <laughs> we got to know this full-grown male lion named Neil. Um, his owner, Ron Oxley, would come in a big van and bring Neil over to the house. Uh, so we'd have a full-grown male lion in the living room, in the kitchen, in my bed. There are pictures from yes. Life magazine with, I, I was 12 and I had a full-grown male lion in my bed. Um, I did become very good friends with Neil. I loved him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting. It was the main thing that I re I've realized is that in being with wild cats, you can show no fear at all. So mm -hmm. I went from this very timid, shy, scared little girl who was already starting to feel totally unloved and troubled to having someone say, here you go. Here's this lion. You got to sit with the lion, but you can show no fear because he will go for you. Mm -hmm. You know, so right. it was like <laughs> there's a metaphor about sort of swallowing your feelings and stuffing your feelings and creating a sort of alternative persona. Exactly. And I did the same. The reason why it's funny, because you and I did sort of lock on each other. I've been to, I went to visit. The, the elephant with me. I did ride an elephant with you. But when I visited the Shambhala preserve that, your yeah. mother still um, is a big part of, and it's a foundation. Um, I remember when we visited, and you were walking us around the enclosures. One of them locked on me and did that thing where, as I started to walk by it, it locked on my eyes, and I remember it followed me down like the enclosure, yeah. never taking its eyes off me. And I remember that. I'm... There are not a lot of things I remember, Melanie. I remember that. Yeah, and that feeling. That feeling of uh, fear and strength and show no fear. Yeah. And it's funny because the minute you said show no, I, I was a child who was looking for contact. You said your mom was gone. You know, you and I probably had very similar backgrounds, although I think Janet didn't go to Vietnam. You know, she she probably fashioned herself more of a traditional mom. I grew right. up, you know, kind of on a dirt road with big dogs, and she married my stepfather and had a very, but not dissimilar, uh, I think, emotionally. We've shared that with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, um, I think it's so poignant that you're this young child where once in a while, you were with step-siblings, mm -hmm. you know, other kids that were part of another part of your family, and then you were alone. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you were- Then I heard my dad. Right. Right, you in New York. Right, and he had a new family. Yep, had a new family, my little brother and sister. Yeah. Right, so there was that feeling of- I, uh, being alone and then being with others, but then being alone. And this yeah. idea of you being partnered with um, <laughs> this giant wild animal that you weren't allowed to show any fear to, that you did create a relationship with. Anyway, I find it a fascinating world. Um, 
<laughs> it makes me laugh because, you know, most people go, hey, you want to come over and play, play Barbies? I've got the new stewardess Barbie and, you know, we can play and you can change the clothes and we can, you know what I mean? That's what normally people do. And I love that you're like, you want to come over and, um, you know, I have a lot. <laughs> it's like, you know, how do you have friends come over? I know. I know. It was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back with more good friend after this quick break. So stick around. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. So for the listener and me, you know, you're getting a sense that it was an unusual upbringing. And then, as you just said, uh, in, in a weird way, you you just got in bed with another lion. Yeah. Um, uh, when you got married or when you were starting to be in a partnership uh, at what age? Well, I moved in with Dawn for real when I was 16. And I also did my first movie that year and graduated from high school that year. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I interviewed my friend Michelle Williams, who also was emancipated very young. And I think that also does something uh, in the sense of immediately making you kind of wear the mantle of an adult. Yes. When, in fact, we look at a 16-year-old now um, as so, so young. And I'm, without being indelicate, I'm going to assume that when you said you moved in with Dawn for good at 16, Mm -hmm. that meant that you had been with Dawn at a younger age. Yes. Right. So... That and so the idea of forming super deep friendships um, didn't happen. It didn't happen, did it? No, Mm-mm. no. Mm-mm. And and were, I mean, I'm. You you would make relationships with people. You would have friendships um, when you're young and you're in an intense romantic relationship. It's hard to sort of break free from that. And the truth of the matter, Melanie, is that in our own friendship, and Mm -hmm. I think people will relate to this, um, our relationship didn't splinter, but we took big sections away from each other. Yes. Predominantly at sort of the beginnings of relationships with men. Yeah, true. That's true. Where we would subsume ourselves into the male relationship. And I think for listeners, particularly women, probably, hopefully, there'll be a dude or two. But for for the women listening, I think it's a very common thing. My mother did it. I'm yeah. guessing Tippy did it with your stepfather. Yes. My mother subsumed herself to Robert Brandt. and. Yeah put away Janet Lee and became the businessman's wife and was, and just sort of put Janet Lee in a box and put it in the corner. And I think you and I both in our relationships with men, we would do that. And I think that's where you and I stepped away from each other Mm -hmm. were when you started a relationship back with Don. So you were married to Don at one point and then you divorced and you met well, we met. Yeah, we met. <laughs> so Melanie's eldest child is Alexander, and Alexander's father is an actor named Stephen Bauer to yeah. you uh, that you guys would know, um, listeners. But when we met Stephen Bauer on the TV movie She's in the Army Now, um, he was a young actor with his given name, which was Rocky Echeverria. Echeverio. Echeverio, excuse me. And, you know, <laughs> um, it was a TV movie with nothing but women, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's called She's in the Army now. It was a lot of women and this very handsome, very handsome. guy showed up who was to play my boyfriend, by the <laughs> way, in the show, the bad boy to my bad girl. But Melanie set her eyes on him, and the two of them, you know, the stars fell on Alabama and <laughs> Texas and Tennessee and the entire continental U.S., and they um, partnered and married and had a child. So it's interesting, that moment. I remember it. Right after, when, after we got married is when you met Chris. Mm-hmm. We were at your wedding reception. Yes. Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, but it's interesting to me because, I mean, obviously we have just for, again, the uninitiated listener, Melanie and I are closer now than we have been probably in a very, 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 very long time. Mm-hmm. There's been a total um, opening to each other through hearts and minds. And it's so satisfying to know that. I, I really, what I was excited about when you agreed to be on the podcast was that this is the state of our friendship now. Yeah. And that we have weathered a lot. Yes. And it's, I think it's beautiful that, our, that we have such a history with our friendship. Mm-hmm. We've gone through times when we didn't speak for serious reasons. We've gone through times when we were both busy doing other things. We have come together in deep situations with deep meaning. And now here we are later in our life, in our second act and having a blast. It is having a blast. There is something so trust, trusting about an old friend that yeah. you reconnected with, that that amount of history really does um, give s- such strength and solidity for me to, to the feelings of that safety of that friendship. Um, it's, it's been extraordinary for me and, a, and an unexpected treat. And, you know, the podcast is called Good Friend. How do you be a good friend and how do... How do you find a good friend? How do you keep a good friend? And how do you reconnect? You are the best friend, I must say. You are such a beautiful friend. You're just amazing. You are amazing. You also, for the listener, you have these beautiful, little, charming things that you do for people, for friends. And I imagine for people that some people that you don't know, I actually, I know that for people you don't even know and you stay anonymous, but you are the queen of sending a little gift, like the one that I got for, for this, that says friend and has two hankies, handkerchiefs in them, one black and one white. And it's stunningly beautiful, but so simple and elegant. You are never over the top. You are classy and classy, old-fashioned, elegant, classy. Mm. You're really quite extraordinary. I mean, and I say that not because of the presence, but because of your intentions. Your intentions are always good. They are always deep. Okay. I appreciate that very, very much. And And by the way, I'm not going to deny you. Because the truth is that my intentions are what they are. I, I, I would hope I live by my intentions. Like that, that's the legacy is your intention. Because I can't, I can't tell you how to feel. I can only put it in the path. I can only do what I can do and put it in your path and hope that you receive it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I knew I was going to start crying. I knew mm-hmm. it. <laughs> because the minute you started talking, when we met, 
It was before I was married. Mm-hmm. And yes, I was in relationships and I was trying to figure out who I was in those relationships and outside of those relationships and all of the forming of ourselves as young people. But I hadn't really dealt with any real life stuff, really. And when we met, you were a friend to someone whose life had been shattered and completely. I'm going to have you explain Mm. Heidi's story for the uninitiated listener. Because, but what I, I want to say this first. Okay. It's really easy to send a hanky to a friend that says friend as a gratitude for doing my good friend podcast. That is a gesture of friendship and kindness and gratitude. Right. When I met you, Heidi, when, Hi, so Heidi Von, von Belts mm-hmm. was a stunt woman who was in a catastrophic accident in on a movie. Right before we did, the, we did She's in the Army Now. It was four months before that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And she was, please explain, and then I'll tell you what I'm feeling about it. Okay. Um, she was, Heidi, I met her when I was 15. She also was dating an older man who was a friend of Dawn's. She was three years older than me, so she was 18. And um, she was a stunt woman. She became a stunt woman. So she did a lot of crazy things. She was also raised to be an incredible skier. She was one of the first freestyle skiers. Mm. She was six feet tall. She was absolutely stunningly beautiful. She was a model. She was full of life. And could would do anything like she would. She was crazy, like we took a lot of chances. Um, and she had another another boyfriend named Bobby Bass, who was a stunt coordinator. And he was doing I think it was Smokey and the Bandit, too. Um, and I thought it was, was Cannonball Run. Maybe it was uh, for some reason. Cannonball, whatever. Was she doubling Farrah? don't remember. I think she might have been, or Sally Field, one of them. Okay. Not sure. I don't remember that part. I do know that Hal Needham was in a hurry. There was a car that uh, was a, uh, I think it was a left-hand drive and they switched it. It was a right-hand drive. They switched it to a left-hand drive. They were, it wasn't stable yet but they were in a hurry to get the shot and the shot was of a car speeding this car speeding down the freeway with a big coming towards it head on and supposed to be a swerve and not a collision, but a swerve. So because the steering wheel had been messed with, um, Heidi didn't didn't have a seatbelt on. The guy didn't have a seatbelt on. Um, And when he went to turn the car, the steering wheel locked. And Mm -hmm. so they rammed right into the truck. And Heidi put her left arm out on the dashboard to brace herself. And her arm, her shoulder blade broke her neck Hmm. at the fifth vertebrae. Mm -hmm. And she was paralyzed, totally paralyzed, quadriplegic. So 
when we met, that's fascinating that that had just happened. But the reason I brought it up, the reason why it's so incredibly moving to me Hmm. is you were a really young woman and she was a young woman and you were now facing a reality. And there are many people listening who didn't get the ease of a young life for whatever reason, either an ill parent or something happened in their lives that made them grow up very quickly. And I remember how dedicated you were to Heidi and her care and her life, uh, her complete life became something that you focused your complete life. So although you were young and trying to be in relationship with people and trying to be a professional and trying to have girlfriends like me, mm-hmm. you also had this very deep connection to Heidi and you were as good a friend as ever has been anywhere in the world to another person. Oh, to Heidi. I tried. We really tried. But you just, how can you even know how to do it? And you helped her so much and her family and, you know, tried to help her get some money and try to help her hold on to that money from lawsuits, which, you know, and yeah, I just remember how overwhelmed I was with the little issues in my life that were causing me strum and drong and ah! <laughs> and there you were. Every time you ha- did anything, you brought her with you and that involved literally lifting her or carrying her from cars into parties. I remember a party oh, in Malibu. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was your apartment. Yeah. Was it on PCH? PCH, the little tiny one. Yeah. Yeah. Where, the, where we were out on the deck. Yeah. It was, yes. Yeah. And I remember someone. I think it was her gotten, dad. Her dad. Her dad had carried her. Yeah. Into this party. Yeah. And. I just I I I think I knew then the depth of your friendships, the mm-hmm. way that you would show up for someone, and I remember I will always remember it um, as being one of the great examples. And I'm going to be really honest with you now, which is embarrassing to say. I'm going to out myself now in a somewhat public kind of public way. It feels like we're not public because it's just us talking. But the truth is people are going to listen to this. I had a friend of mine, a beautiful, blonde, gorgeous model, actress friend of mine who was on that TV series I did, Operation Petticoat, back in the day. Dory Forstman, who I lost contact with when I got married and had children and just totally lost contact with. And she was an equestrian, and she was in an accident um, um, with a horse, mm-hmm. and she was a quadriplegic. And I didn't show up for her at all. Um, I wasn't in contact with her then. This was probably a 20-year friendship difference now. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't show up for her. Other people showed up for her, 
her family. And, um, but what happened, and it just, it's so funny, I haven't thought about this, but it's crucial, is I, I, I wrote her at one point and I said, I've been a terrible friend. And I feel I'm so sorry. And I would like to repair that. And I would like to try to connect again. And she wrote me. Mm. Actually, she called me. I think I had left my number in this letter. And she called me. How was that? It was exactly like it is with you and me when we reconnect. It was as if nothing had happened. And she said, she called me Jamie Kins. And she was like, Miss Kins, funny enough. She was like, Miss Kins, come see me. And I went to Palm Springs and we reconnected um, for the last year of her life. She ultimately died about a year later. Um, But you got that in. Mm-hmm. And and I remember when I went there, there were pictures of us all over her house. And I realized that's what happens is even though we aren't close. And by the way, I don't know what I could have done. I mean, obviously, I could have done something. And I'm ashamed of myself that I didn't. And she looked at me in the eye and said, Jamie, I love you. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, it. there is no, I had no ill feeling for that it was, I understood that was just time and tide that yeah. we had just separated. Yeah. And, you know, I'm so happy that we were able to have that moment. Um, oh, I have so much I want to talk to you about. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I haven't thought about that. And I just realized your example, you see, this is what's so interesting is I didn't follow your example. Here, God put in front of me, a young woman who had a friend who had that experience, and yet I didn't follow the example that you did. Right. Um, I ignored it. I I focused on, you know. And by the way, I think people listening, if you have young kids, you understand. You know, it's yeah. You did connect with her. Yes, I think I think it's important. Um, even even as we get older and we have been separated from friends, I think. It's important for us to try to reconnect to say your friendship mattered to me. Yeah. At that moment in our lives. And that I'm not, I'm I'm not, I don't forget it. I don't, it doesn't have any memory for me. It did like there were memories. I remember skateboarding with Dory in Westwood. She yeah. was 32 and I was 18. I mean, it was crazy. Oh. She you know, she looked like Farah. I mean, she was this gorgeous blonde woman. And we, I think maybe had smoked marijuana. I think maybe <laughs> did. And we went skateboarding in Westwood. Skateboarding. Wow. We'll be right back with more Good Friend after this quick break. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. So you and I, we sort of separated. Um, you married Don a second time. Uh-huh. Um, I was married to Chris. Oh, no. Uh, Before that, we had, um, you had, you had Annie. We were in London. Yes. Well, that picture that I sent you yes. this morning. Yes. yes. You were in London working, right? You were making Stormy Monday. Yes. <laughs> um, we we reconnected a bunch of times, even yeah. even when you reconnected with Don. I remember I uh, we talked about it recently where I came over to your guy's house and I ended up playing tennis with Don, I think, yeah. where we hit balls. Yeah. And I remembered the room and I described it to you, sort of yeah. deco, gray. I just yeah. have this memory of. And I always looked up at you as someone and I think it was you were older than your years. That example that you brought at the beginning of the podcast of being a young child with a wild animal that you had to show no fear yeah, in order to survive. Yeah. That carried all the way through our friendships. And you were more sophisticated, more... Um, worldly than me. You traveled in, you know, some very big circles. And it felt, um, I felt like I looked forward and there you were doing many, many things. And you've had just an extraordinary career and family and you married Don and, and you had 
uh, Dakota, and then you married Antonio and had Stella. Yeah. And again, during that point in our friendship, we weren't close. We would connect a dot here and there. We would see each other. And I don't think I ever felt angry at you. I don't remember oh, feeling that yeah. we were angry at each other. And never. But it, it we weren't intersecting. Yeah. And I, I felt that your life and people's and my life and people's just didn't intersect. Yeah. And it began again for us with our daughters who both danced. That's right. And we started to reconnect that way. And then we reconnected through our um through our adult lives in recovery and in kind of our new understanding of ourselves. And I think the most important message to anybody listening is that I am more interested and now at 62 Mm-hmm. The idea of having a sort of calcified life, some uh, pre-digested life that is fixed and rigid, and this is your life and that's it, mm-hmm. is not happening. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. For either one of us. Yeah. And that's where we have reconnected. In a way, the reconnection for me is the freedom. Yes. Yeah. That it's the the calcified ideas are gone. Yeah. Now it's wide open. And now we can like a wide open field grab each other's hand like little kids in yeah. a funny way. We now our children are grown. Mhm. Ish. Yeah. And Ish. we now can have the girlfriendship. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And kind of not to say that the world is our oyster, but the world is sort of our oyster right now yeah. in terms of friendship. Yeah, definitely. Imagine if it wasn't in the time of COVID, the things we would be doing. Right, right, right. Exactly. But yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a testament to time and maturity, and keeping an open mind, mm-hmm. keeping yeah. ourselves open to sort of receive yeah. uh, uh, something new mm-hmm. at a time when I wouldn't expect it to be new. It would feel like an old thing. Yeah. And, you know, I've known you, you have wonderful women friends. And, you know, I've, I have watched you with your women friends and I see how you are with your girlfriends and it's, I'm not jealous of them. I, and I, I think it's important to be able to say that. I see you with your girlfriends and your friendships and I love it. I love what I see. I love what you have when you have friendships. That you and you have deep, long friendships. You really do. You you have many more than I do. But but we have room for them. Yeah. With yeah. each other. 
And that's the other thing I think for good friends is making this space of having other experiences, other friendships yeah. that, that, that you love and nurture and enjoy for what they bring you. And yet you and I have something that no one else will ever have. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's the beauty of a good, long, many generational um, children yeah. and husbands and careers. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I, I hope that I have instilled that in my children. I think it took me a while to, 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 I mean, hopefully I taught them the importance of good friends. I see it with them that they, they have friends that have been friends since they were little. So that's good. But do you find that you try to do things very differently than your mother did with you, that you're different with your children, or at least you hope that you're different with your children and that, do you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I have hoped my whole motherhood that I was being different with my children than I was when, than how I was treated with my mother, that I was doing better and being better for them. And now I look at it and see, look at them and see that I have dropped the ball in so many areas. You know, like I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I think I think that is. You know, I think we all go into it saying I'm going to be so different. I'm going to do things so differently. I'm so evolved. She was so unevolved. She was hobbled by whatever was going on in her own life. But I am not. I am going. And then you wake up one day and realize you've done the exact same thing to your children. Yeah, exactly. Um, But. uh, with, with one thing that um, I love about you, about us, is that we talk about our kids, that we can talk together about our children mm-hmm. and, you know, help each other in, in dealing with them, even now, in, in being the best mothers that we can possibly be and getting, getting each other through rough times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, life on life's terms. Life is tricky. And there's a lot. People get thrown a lot. And, you know, the the genesis of this podcast, I am not, Jamie is by nature not going to be like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. You know, I'm going to do a podcast about friendship. It. I heard this song, our theme song, Emily King. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and... I heard that song and one day did during COVID go, I want to talk to my friends. I want to find out how other people are doing friendship. Um, Mm. So let's just talk about the last year because, you know, it, it, COVID will not be gone, but COVID is on the, on the downslope when this podcast is going to be, you know, it's, we're not in the hot spot, or at least we don't think we will be in the hot spot again yeah. at this time. Oh, um, yeah. um, 
what has been your experience with your friends? Have you been able to stay fairly current and or did you isolate? I have, well, kind of all of it. I, I have definitely isolated a lot. I my kids don't live with me anymore. I have I live in a new house that I bought literally six months before the pandemic started. Um, so it's not finished. <laughs> I haven't been able to go anywhere. It's been a very lonely time for me, really, truly lonely. But it's been a time where I've had great reflection, been able to be in therapy, um, heavy therapy this past year. And and then you and I have a, a, a community that we partake in and are part of that is extremely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy those meetings so much mm-hmm. and our little pods that we have as mm-hmm. friends. And, um, and by the way, I think a lot of people have found whatever it is, whether or not it's uh, in a sober world, but just girlfriend world. You yeah. know, there are friend groups. There are book groups. I mean, there are a lot of book groups now. A lot yeah. of people have come together surrounding a common idea of visiting for a little while, everybody downloading a little about what's going on, and then coming up with something to unify them and to kind yeah. of bring them together. I have friends who do cooking stuff, you know what I mean, like some sort of cooking share where again, they visit with each other and then they talk about the thing that they all cooked. You know, you find a point of connection and it really goes back to the beginning of you and me, which was that moment of seeing each other. You know, our moment of connection, um, being these two actress daughters whose mothers were these legendary uh, Hitchcock actresses that yeah. it it gave us like this little club. Mm-hmm. And we then built our own lives. And, you know, as we've said, you know, not broke up, but separated, came back, separated, came back. Mm-hmm. And it's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, life is full in session. There's a lot of work we have to do philanthropically. There's a lot of work. We also, let's just say this, we also reconnected through Children's Hospital of Angeles, where you start to show up together as public people to support an institution. Yes. And that also that also was a very big reconnection for us. Yes, it was. And thank you for that. Because you well, did thank, that. You, thank you for that. that. But it's, it, is, it is those, those connections yes. that ultimately make really someone, when you look back, a good, good, delicious friend. And you have continued to be one. And I am... So excited for our future as good friends. Like I'm, as I said, I feel like we have a real opportunity. Yeah. And um, I love you so much. 
and me you. And I thank you for coming here. I could, I mean, obviously, we could talk four days um, yeah. about this, but I hope whoever's listening. I hope that you have a friend like Jamie and that you have a friendship like you, like we have. That's what I hope for the listeners, a deep friendship. Mm. Right? Thanks. Thanks for being here, Miss Kiss. Thank you, Miss Kiss. I love, I love you. you very much. <laughs> Good Friend is produced by Dylan Fagan and is a production of iHeartRadio. Our theme song, Good Friend, is written, produced, and performed by Emily King. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.